Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple of Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Melissa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wares fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, hoardy energy to Podcastlandia. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Alyssa. We made it. We're uh, here. It's You know what? It's a Tuesday morning. It's fine. We're a little tired, but it's fine. We're struggling. Our technology is struggling. It's just struggle bus central over here and that's okay you know sometimes you have those mornings right that's just a fact of being a human um so one of the things i want to talk about today was stan culture and i think you know Mm. it's interesting because we talk about being stans on this show a little bit but sometimes i feel like it gets taken way too far and there have been a couple of instances in the news lately where i just want to tell people to chill out just take a chill pill. Um, it's not that serious. <laughs> like, really. Um, in particular, I want to talk about how it kind of happened in a funny way after SNL, but also for a couple of little more serious ways with two um, different pop stars. So do we want to talk about the, like, the kind of funny one first? Yeah, or, let's yeah. start out um, gentle. Right. So Harry Styles uh, hosted SNL this past weekend, and they had this uh, funny sketch where he was, basically he was the uh, social media manager for Sarah Lee, um, the the bread pastry, sweets, all-around wholesome company. He was the social media manager for their Instagram account. And um, he was kind of posting some things he should not be posting. Basically, he was confusing his account with Sarah Lee's. So Sarah Lee ended up, you know, posting on Nick Jonas's uh, Instagram, like, destroy my daddy, and and all of these (laughs) just hilarious quotes. Um, And, yeah, it's really funny. Go check it out. But it kind of... It it brought up the idea that, you know, I think the issue is this. So this is funny. And we, we do talk about stand culture a lot. We talk we well the, we stand the shit out of this show and out of things. And I think that's fine. But people started leaving comments from the the show, from the SNL oh, yes, sketch yeah. on the um Sarah Lee's actual Instagram account. And it was funny, but it got to the point where they had to like shut down their comments because there were, they didn't know why people were asking Sarah Lee to rail them to death via emoji. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Hilarious. And like they were good sports about it. And like once they saw the clip, they were like, you know, this isn't really Sarah Lee's brand, but we'll roll with it. Sure. Um, but in a little bit more intense fan culture, like this week, um, it came out that Lizzo was being sued because and in this situation, like I say this as I do love Lizzo. I love her music. I love what mm-hmm. she represents. But um, earlier this summer, she had put put a um, Postmates driver on blast on her Twitter account 
like posting the woman's name and her picture just because there was a misunderstanding and she didn't get her food. And it was it wasn't a great look for someone who has as many followers as Lizzo does to put a, you know, minimum wage employee on such heavy blasts like that. Um, mm. And it got to the point where like this woman um, who she had called out was like afraid for her life because Lizzo stands were like sending her death threats and threatening her safety. And it was just like way, way too far. And I don't know. I just like, I mean, I'm definitely an intense fan of a lot of things, but I don't understand quite. I don't quite understand why people are so willing to go to the mat for people that don't know them and don't care about them. And I just, I just feel like everybody needs to take a step back. I think. Yeah. I think I, I appreciate people that are very passionate about what they love. Sure. Um, I think you can be that. I think it's a little, I think if you're issuing death threats to someone you don't know in the name of a celebrity that you love, I think you need to take a step back and like reevaluate yourself and your behavior. Right. Um, for me, like personally, I I'm totally fine with standing things like standing sure. shows or movies or or whatever characters, whatever. Um, I try to kind of pull back a little bit from standing actual people, whether yes. they're celebrities or not, because I think you know people are human. Your heroes are going to fail you. I think. Right. Unless your hero is Tom Hanks. Um, mm, don't even speak that wood. into the universe. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like I, I, like take take everything, you know, just these people aren't gods. They're they're just human human beings. They make mistakes like Lizzo. This was not a, a good choice for her. I think it's also a thing of when you're a celebrity, sometimes they don't realize the kind of power they have over you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she has a lot of power and like there's a responsibility that comes with that. And I think there's a learning curve of like, oh, like I can't just if I were a normal person, maybe right. I would have put this person on blast. And it would have been such a big deal, but I'm not, you know. Right. And with Lizzo, I think, you know, like you said, like she's still learning that because this kind this level of fame is so new. Now, there was kind of a, a not a similar situation, but um Taylor Swift was going through is still going through an issue with her old record company. Um, and she was basically told that she couldn't perform her old songs for the American Music Awards because she no longer has like the rights to her old catalog and she hasn't been and she can't legally re-record them until I think November 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically, I mean, she she weaponized her fandom and then right. She, you know, basically said, like, to her fans, like, I can't do this. It's because of Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta, the guys at Big Machine Records. Um, And she was like, please, you know, convince them to let me do this because I don't know what else to do. Which, I say this as a Taylor Swift fan, that was a dirty move, I think. Because the Taylor Swift fandom is one of the most intense on the internet, I think, Beyonce's Beehive might be the only one more intense than the Swifties. Right. Um, But they, I mean, they like weaponized and they like, they had to shut down Big Machine Records on Friday because there were like, again, death threats towards Mm -hmm. the people that work there. And I just, you know, while Lizzo may not know the power that she wields, Taylor Swift absolutely does. And that, like, I get it. She's frustrated about, you know, being tied up in all this legal stuff with her music. But I don't know. I feel like turning your fans loose to go and 
make people's lives hell is not a good look. Yeah, I mean, because it's a slippery slope, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing it, you're doing it for this one reason, but now that you've done it one time, what's to say? You know what I mean? It's it becomes harder and harder to choose. Like, when should I do this? When should I not? I don't think you should do it at all. I think I understand the frustration. I think it would have been nice to, and I also think it's nice that she's letting her fans know this is what I had planned. You know, maybe people, some people knew about this and were expecting it. This is why it's not going to happen, but. I don't think you have to single out certain people. I think you could have just left it as like, you know, I'm I'm kind of trying to I'm trying to negotiate with Big Machine Records. Hopefully it works out like this. You didn't have to do it in the way that she did, where it was so targeted and we'll the see. language was pretty like aggressive, I thought. Well, I don't know about that. I see. I don't. I don't mind that she went after the guys at the top. Like, those two men Mm. wield a lot of power and a lot of influence. My issue is that because the fans were just kind of, like, let loose to do whatever, people who are not involved in the issue, people who do not, you know, make millions and millions of dollars and control Taylor Swift's music, those are the people that were kind of caught in the crossfire, and those are the people who had to be evacuated. And that, exactly, like, that is just, that to me is too much when innocent people and people who don't have power like that are caught as collateral. That's when I'm like, all right, this is... This is too far. Like Joe working the mailroom of Big Machine Records has no sway. Like he has no say in this battle. Like leave him alone. Yeah, I I agree. I think, you know what? If you're frustrated, if, if, you know, someone doesn't like what you like, it's okay. Like just, I don't know. Get over it. Don't send death threats to people. Just don't do it. It shouldn't be that hard. I I feel like this. I can't even imagine sending someone a death threat. I can't even imagine sending someone a death threat if they had threatened, like, somebody that I knew and loved. I would oh, still be yeah. like, let's take a step let's, back. Let's like, work it out. <laughs> Path of uh, least resistance here. But, yeah. So, yeah. Stan culture. I think it's really, it's really going too far sometimes. And I think it's ruining it for the people who just really, you know, healthily enjoy things. <laughs> like us. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. We, we're pretty healthy about our enjoyment of I think The Last so. Kingdom. Exactly. I mean, I'm so. not issuing any death threats unless it's like at the wall. So. Right. But he deserves it. <laughs> but not the actor. Just but the not character. Him. Right. See? Exactly. I can separate. That's, you know what? That's the big, the big distinction, I think. Episode 8 of Season 3. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah, so Uhtred and his boys, they make it back to Cookham. It's been a long time since they've been there. Um, And yeah, things have changed a little bit. It's not, you know, necessarily Uhtred's anymore. Um, It's definitely not. The priests are taking all the food. Right. They've redecorated the hall. I mean, they've... Basically, it's squatting rights at this point. Pretty um, much. And Uhtred's not happy about it. Yeah, Uhtred's not happy about it. Finnan's not happy that Uhtred and Skate are making out. Like, nobody's really happy right now. But yeah, so that's kind of a mess. And, you know, surprisingly, when you fuck off to wherever for months on end, things don't just, you know, keep going on in your absence. So I think Uhtred is learning a difficult lesson about being a lord right now. 
Yeah, um, when you're the ruler of, of a fucking village, you kind of got to be there. It's like a 24-7 job, you know? Right, right. But, you know, he had things to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> he had curses to right. squash. Right, he had curses to break, all that. Um, and he's been kind of banished, so, mm. you know, he can't really be there, but, you know... His people are happy to see him. Hild is happy to see him, you know. Oh, Hild. Oh, my God. When Hild, like, first came on the screen, I was like, how long has it been have we, since we have seen her? We haven't her? seen her since, like, episode one or two when she tells Uhtred that Gisela is dead and, like, helps him with all that. So it's been at least five episodes since we've seen uh, Hild. We start this journey. We're on on the boat kind of rowing to Cookham. Uh, Uhtred and Skate are just the worst it's so i just, <laughs> just i can't making out in I the back of the boat making out sucking on her hand sucking the blood out of her hand i just i, I can't mean, does she have any blood left in her body she like, must she be so she must be so anemic like just she has to be or she's like on some iron pills right so yeah so they get they get to cook them and um they find that a lot of, has changed. Um, Uhtred is pretty pissed that, you know, the abbots have kind of moved in. Um, they've put up a wooden cross. It's hella tacky. Like, have some taste, you religious nuts. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but, yeah, I think the worst thing that Uhtred discovers is that his kids aren't in Cookham, which, mm, duh. And they're in Winchester, and they're under the care of the crown. They're not even with you know, someone like Tira or Bioka. Right. Um, which means, yep, they've definitely been baptized. Um, and Hilda ha- is kind of left to, I think, knock some sense into him a little bit. Like, she she kind of, like, box him, boxes him over the ears and starts mothering him in her own way and is like, dude, you have been off doing God knows what, you know, like, your absentee parenting has led to this. Right. And I really appreciate that because I think, it's easy to just, like, have fun watching Uhtred kind of roam the land and, you know, do whatever he wants. <clears throat> He's got people that rely on him, not just his Cookham crew that's with him, but back home. Right. And I think this was, like, a sobering reminder of that. Also, she immediately hates Skade and drags Uhtred and is like, you replaced Gisela with her? With this? So, <laughs> like, yes, Hild, tell him the truth because he needs to hear it. Everybody else yeah. is kind of like, you know, clearly nobody likes Skade, but everybody else kind of like, are you sure about this? Where she's just like, dude, this is a terrible idea. This is Straight disgusting. Up. You replace Gisela with her? Well, I bet there's no business of an abbess. I'm speaking as a friend. It's good to see you all well. Back to your usual self, in fact. Yeah, I mean, Finnan's over here, like, just giving major side eye and is like, what, what the heck, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's not really going to say He's not going to push back on Uhtred like Hild does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so while Uhtred isn't Cookham and kind of, you know, getting the lay of the land again, it's not going well for Alfred either. Mm-hmm. Um, like, people are starting to arrive for the wedding. Like, Athelred and Athelflaed are there. They're sniping at each other because it's the marriage made in hell. But yeah, like, Athelwald's walking around with an open wound. Like, I don't understand why he doesn't cover it with an eye patch or something, like... I don't know if it's a point of pride or he doesn't want anybody to forget what he's been through. It's a choice. It's a it's a choice. It's a real choice. 
I think it it unnerves people a little bit. I think, yeah, it reminds people like how much he suffered. You know, Ethelwald is a very um, a vain, self-centered person. And mm-hmm. so it kind of it fits with that part of himself where it's like, just look at me. Look at you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, a certain point where he wants to sort of threaten people with it. Like, look what mm-hmm. I endured. This is how serious I am. Um, I gave up my eye for this shit. So, yeah, um, you know, he kind of threatens Bayoka a little bit. Like, he asks after Alfred and then is basically like, you know, what does the king's advisor do when the king is dead? And I think he's just really trying to make everybody as nervous as possible. Um, And I don't know if we've really talked about him too much in the past, but he's kind of um, buddied up with this uh, Lord Sigebrigt, who Mm -hmm. really hates Edward because Edward knocked up and abandoned the girl that Sigebrigt loved. So, like, it makes sense for him to be a little bitter. They're starting to get worried about Uhtred, though. Like, they're worried that he's going to swear an oath to Edward and, you know... Uhtred Uhtred carries a lot of weight, and so everyone is kind of nervous that their plans won't happen if Uhtred is on Edward's side. Again, why is Uhtred not king already? Like, everyone fears him like he is the king. Right. It's insane. But yeah, so Sigurd and and Ethelwald are kind of scheming in a church of all places. Of course. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why not? And um, their plan is basically... To, you know, because Uhtred is no longer with the Danes, Athelwald knows that. So the plan is to say, okay, well, Uhtred's pissed at Alfred for taking away everything he had. Alfred's dying, so there's no point in getting revenge on Alfred, but Uhtred probably wants revenge on Edward, you know, in Alfred's name. And right. so that's the, the that's the gossip that they're going to spread about town. And, I mean, Athelwald is smart, and he knows if you spread that fake news you know, enough. Right. People like it's will start become to believe real. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad plan. Hopefully it doesn't work out. Um, a lot of, you know, Ethelwald's plans are pretty good at the start and then they just kind of crumble. So here's hoping either his eye or this plan gets him killed. But yeah, so Finnan and Citric um, and Hild head back to Winchester. Basically, you know, Uhtred sends them on ahead. Hild, you know, is going to see if she can get, get the kids. kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a range of supervised visitation. I don't know. Oh. Um, it's it's rough. Uh, and Uhtred stays behind and cook them because he's got a witch to kill. Yes, hopefully. he does. Hump and kill? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But Finnan basically tells him on the way out, this is not what we planned my man and you know we all need a woman but we need a good woman a good woman Finnan knows the value of a good woman he does <laughs> and Uhtred is like whatever it's fine I, I know what I'm doing um, and Osforth is super concerned um, because he he was under the impression that Skade was going to die because she's from the devil mm. um, and I think with everybody splitting up it's I think there's a little feeling of worry like their their bond is always stronger when they're all together. So, you know, when you're going off in different directions it tends to leave people feeling a little worried. Yeah, little antsy. Um, <clears throat> but so, you know, Uhtred and, and Skate are taking a bath together in the lake and it's getting a little steamy, hot and steamy. It's also you know like stomach churning it's so gross i just Um, i can't i can't (laughs) but she's spouting off this whole you know you belong to me like we'll rule together blah 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 
Um, that's just her MO. And our boy Uhtred really impressed me because I thought for sure, like, he was just going to get in on with this woman and maybe try and use her. I don't think he's forgotten everything she's done, but mm. maybe maybe it's easier to use her than to actually kill her. I mean, that's a difficult thing for someone like Uhtred to do. He has the sense of honor and he doesn't believe in killing women, even if they're, you know, evil like Skate is. Um but he gets over all of that and yeah. drowns her. <laughs> drowns her by skate. He didn't break the skin. He broke the curse. And then he just like leaves her there in the lake to float. It was Love it. violent. Um, but it yeah. was deserved. It was. She did a it lot was. to deserve that. It was. Skate sucks, but still it's like, ooh. ooh. And I think no I, wonder it like hit him so hard. I know, and I was going to say, and I think even Uhtred felt that. Like, Osferth, see, Osferth sees it happen, um, and like Uhtred returns to the hall, and Osferth is there like building him a fire and cooking him some food, and he's like, I know you just did a hard thing. I'm going to take care of you, bud. Um, oh, who needs a woman when you've got baby monk? <laughs> I stayed here for the Lady Gisela. This is her hall, and there was no kinder, gentler lady. You clearly did not know the Lady Gisela. I loved that scene between them, and you know he, you know he, Osworth was honest with him. You know he told him like he didn't think that he could actually kill Skade, and he was worried that like he was completely under her spell. But Osforth, he stuck around because he loved Lady Gisela, too. And this is her hall. And it just, I liked seeing that that moment where it was like, oh, we should never have doubted Uhtred. Of course he mm-hmm. still loves Gisela. Of course he was never going to look at Skate as anything other than something that needed to be defeated. But yeah, I really, I love that interaction because I feel like, you know, we see, you know, we've seen um, Uhtred and Citric have their moment. We've, we always see Uhtred and Finn in like broing out. And so this was such a good, a good scene with him and Osworth to just sort of show how far they've come as friends and, it just I really liked it. Yeah, I think it was nice was a nice reminder of the the kind of legacy that Gisela has left because she's the one who really kind of took Osforth in and yeah, it's cool to see, you know, Uhtred has a different relationship with each of these men. Yeah. And so I think it is important to see that with Osforth and to see them bond over Gisela and you know, I think Osforth is someone that, you know, Uhtred can come to with some super serious stuff like having to kill a woman that's tough um they kind of bro it out by the fire for a bit <clears throat> and meanwhile um the cookum crew is on the road to winchester everyone's on the road to winchester because the wedding is happening right um you know alfred's not doing well <laughs> alfred's not doing well and you know you've got athelwald and Sigbrick like spreading the lies and Bayoka catches them and he's basically like stop talking out of your ass from now on lord buttocks clenched i i loved that burn <laughs> but Bayoka's like running around trying to you know put out all these fires because alfred is like like you said, like, he is not doing well. And honestly, like, Bayoka, he admits to Tira that he kind of just wants him to just die already because he's making people really anxious with this, like, is he going to die? Is he dying? Is he dead already? Like, just die already. And I think Bayoka feels a lot of guilt for that. But at the same time, like, his, Alfred's tenuous grasp to life is making the kingdom feel extra tenuous right now. Um, especially, like, with 
you know, he talks to Tira and Tira is really frightened lately because, you know, she's a Dane and nobody really sees her as anything other than a Dane, even though she is, you know, a member of their community and she's Bayoka's wife. But she's still like very afraid right now. So it's just things are not good in Winchester right now. Won't you come to the door armed with a knife? Or is it that objects to being here? There are people who feel I do not belong. They see only a Dane. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. And Alfred is is struggling not only, you know, with the whole dying business, but he's struggling kind of setting up Edward's reign. Sure. He realizes the value of Uhtred. He knows that if Uhtred were to swear to, to Edward, everything would be be pretty much okay when he died right um but he also cannot pardon utrid while he's alive because that would be going against his decision making that would be a sign of weakness we don't need weakness right now so basically he has, has this conversation with Aylesworth, uh saying you know when i'm gone utrid needs to swear to edward and you need to make sure that happens mm-hmm. and Aylesworth is not about that <laughs> yeah you know he kind of you know he's talking to um, Aelfwood's father, Athelhelm, and he's basically like, you know, we need to keep a pretty tight, you know, grip on Edward and the path, path that he's going to take. And Uhtred will really help him stay on that path. Even though he's an outlaw now, he'd be super helpful, hint, hint, and is basically mm. like trying to trying to say a lot of things without outright saying them. And like you said, like Aelfwood is pissed. She does not want to pardon Uhtred. She does not want him around Edward. And she is just, like, really wrestling with the fact that Uhtred is a heathen still. And I'm just like, girl, get over it. It has been decades. He has saved y'all so many times. And you're still so hung up on the fact that he doesn't love Jesus like you do. That you can't, like, see what's best for the kingdom and what's best for your son. Like, Edward is, like we've said a ton of times, like, he's so green and so new at, like, even pretending to be a king and he needs somebody by his side who can really lead the people. And like, you know, she keeps bringing up Sayapa who is great. Like he's a good, you know, muscle for the king, but he doesn't like have big plans. Like he doesn't seem like a real thinker like Uhtred is. And so mm-hmm. it's just like Aleswith, like you got to see the bigger picture and she just can't. I want my son to remain untarnished by heathen ways. I wish him. Be I mean, I'd like to remind Aylesworth, like, I remember Edward as that colicky baby that was about to die in a swamp. Exactly. So you wouldn't even have a king if it weren't for Uhtred. Yeah, Aylesworth gets on my last nerves this episode. Uh, I, You know, I have a question about, like, that moment, like, where she's praying and she's saying that she wants Edward to be God's king and, like, untarnished by heathen ways. And Alfred, mm. Alfred, like, catches her saying that. So do you think he sort of interprets that as, like, because he used Uhtred, his reign is tarnished to her? Because that was kind of the vibe I was getting from that whole interaction. I mean, that's how I would take it. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's always been a point of contention between them. Mm. Um, and they haven't had many. So it, it's like a it's a definitely a thorn in their relationship. And I, I think that it's so interesting because as pious as Alfred is, I feel like Aylesworth is even more so. Definitely. And Alfred has had to make some hard decisions and had to maybe go against what his faith would 
demand um, for the betterment of the kingdom. And that just comes with being a king. I think Aylesworth has never been able to understand that. Yeah. Um, Her faith always comes first. And you can't have that as a leader. I mean, there's a reason it's like there's a separation of church and state. Right. Because they don't always go together. And I think she's just never been able to understand that. And that's why they've had this kind of divide when it comes to Uhtred. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, like, is that what she's been thinking this whole fucking time? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Aylesworth, like, even when she drives me crazy, like, she just, she's such an interesting character to me because, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's got a lot going on and it's not often good. Um, no. But, yeah. There's I'm, a lot happening in that head of hers. A um, lot. And I'm terrified of it. <laughs> yeah, it scares me a lot and it should scare Alfred more than it does, I think. Um, but, yeah, so... You know, Finnan and Citric are hanging out in um, Winchester and Uhtred is sneaking in and it's just a really great time to see them all kind of pulling one over on everybody. Um, I liked um, Finnan giving Athelwald a hard time about his eye because, you know, somebody <laughs> needs to give him a hard time. Maybe Uhtred standing in your blind spot right. is just such a good dig. It's a good burn. Um but yeah, like seeing seeing the Cookham crew there like just makes Athelwald even more enraged and like more firm in his belief that Uhtred must die. So he, you know, Uhtred is keeping a low profile and like he snuck in so no one would see him. But like Athelwald knows that like if Finnan and Citric are there, Uhtred is not far behind. Look, it's a little we've got a little boy band going on. They wouldn't just leave each other. Right. I think, they wouldn't know. leave behind the Justin. Like, that's just. But you can't. You that's can't. your leader. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Athelwald is on high alert. Um, Finnan asks to stay longer for the wedding and Citric goes to see his wife and it's real cute. And, you know, Osforth shows up and they're like, oh shit, baby Muck is here. And, you know, he fills him in and be like, hey, Uhtred did what he had to do and Skate is dead. Let's celebrate. Let's party <laughs> with ale, women, and prayer in that order. Um, Love it. But yeah, so Uhtred snuck in and he's going to see Tira. Um, and it's ugh, it's so it's so sad to see her when he shows up because she's so afraid and she's like answering the door with a knife. Mm. And it's just like, I want to fight all these people who are making life harder for her. How dare they? I mean, she's fragile enough, damn it. Right. But yeah, so so Uhtred uh, comes to Bayoka's. He tells Tira that Ragnar is dead. Well, it's... she knew that Ragnar is dead, but she didn't know how he died. Like, she didn't know right. that it was, like, such a dishonorable death. Right. Like, he's in Niflheim. It's not the way he would want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is like, you know, to save Ragnar, I've, I've gotten rid of Skate. So now to save Ragnar, I have to do what story told me and I need some of your blood. And her reaction at first, oh. uh, it hurt my heart. I like, know. Because, I mean, she, you really see, she really thinks that her brother is asking her to die for her other dead brother. I right. mean, it's, it's hard. And he's like, no, just like a bowl. Right. <laughs> And she's like, oh, okay, great. I'll do it. Yeah, like I think it's it's easy to forget like how awful Tira's life has been. So of course Mm -hmm. she would assume the worst at this point. You know, like it took him forever to come and get her. So why wouldn't they be ready to kill her just so Ragnar can get out of hell? But yeah, that was like I just I worry about her, and she's having a rough time. And Bioka's not making it any better. Yeah, like, I just, you know, Bioka, 
be a better partner. Um, Get over yourself, dude. Yeah. So, like, he comes home. Um, yeah, he finds Finn, out that and, Finn there. gives him the slip and lets him know where Uhtred is. Yeah, and he's not super pissed about that. He is pissed when he discovers that, you know, his wife is doing this kind of pagan ritual to save her husband who's in Niflheim. And, you know, first of all, like, no one asked you, Bayoka. No and one asked all, you. You should be, like, praising God on the reg because you married up. And yes. If your wife wants to do a tiny ritual every now and then for a good cause. Let her do like, it. Shut up, smile, and say, yes, dear. Right. Sure. Right. Don't start screaming about heathen nonsense and go and pout on your porch. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so... He's mad, but he didn't exactly handle the whole situation in a way that won't arouse suspicion. So, like, when mm. Athelwald sees him leaving the pub, he's like, oh, okay, so Uhtred's hanging out at Bayoka's house. We need to go there. Um, so he and Sigurd, like, call their men, and they go, and they threaten Bayoka, and they're like, hey, let us in your house. We know Uhtred's there. We're going to surround you. This is not going to end well for you. Yeah, um... <sighs> God, I, this dude, I mean, the gall to, like, just be walking the streets with a group of men, um, you know, trying to search a house with no warrant, like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. Like, you were, just yesterday, you were the outlaw, so get over yourself. Right. It could turn out pretty bad, because, you know, Bioka comes out and confronts him, uh, Father Peerling is there, too, and then, uh, Finnan and Citric and the rest come, so it, it could have kind of turned it was es- nasty. it was escalating quickly that's for yeah, sure very quickly and thankfully tira comes and um saves the day as always and she's basically like she's heard everything that's been happening she's like bioka just let these men in totally fine ethelwald you're welcome you know because she has hidden utrid in her little hideaway under the floorboards Aww. um which again she's had to actually think and dig a place out for herself to hide in case the worst happened. I hate that she has to even, like, have this contingency plan that just says so much about the way she's living right now. Yeah, it really breaks my heart. And so, um, you know, Athelwald and Sabray come in and they sort of sweep the house and surprise, they can't find Uhtred. And I think this is kind of a moment where Sigurd starts to question why he's mm. following Athelwald. Like, he felt, like, you could tell that he felt really guilty that he put Tira through that and that he just assumed that Ethelwald... He made a fool of himself. He did. He made a fool of himself, and it's just, he feels bad for himself, he feels bad for them, and he's just like, why am I following this shithead? But yeah, so everybody's prepping for the wedding. Alfred is like, all right, I'm going to leave the wedding feast early because I have work to do, not because I'm Mm. dying. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, sure, Jan. Sure. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Bayoka, he talks to Alfred and he's like, listen, like, Tira is afraid. Everyone is afraid about what life is going to be like without their king. Um, So I think he's really, he's really taken it upon himself to be straight with Alfred and be like, listen, like, if you die, things are not going to be okay as they are right now. And I think it's it's a fair assessment to to be afraid. I mean, one, we've got a king that's dying. Two, we have a, a wedding, which, like, weddings are medieval death traps. I yes. think we've all learned that from Game of Thrones. I'm, like, like so I nervous. Don't feel comfortable. Not at all. Everyone's on edge. Um, It's pretty ballsy of Bioka to kind of step up mm-hmm. and... You know, he's he's been at Alfred's side for so long. It's clear he respects him and loves him. Sure. And, you know, I think there's a healthy dose of, of fear there, too, and, and telling your king 
uh, some things that he might not want to hear. But I think Alfred or Bioka kind of really sees the bigger picture in that Alfred is going to die soon. He's still going to be here. Everyone he loves is still going to be here. And he's got to, you know, carry on for them. And so he tries to, um, you know, build a bridge somewhat between Uhtred and Alfred, you know, saying basically if you love your son and you want your your dream of United England to continue, you need you have to hash this out. You've got to talk to Uhtred. You've got to figure it out um, because it's not enough to just die and hope that Edward and Uhtred somehow figure it out. A bond. And Edward alone is not the answer. You know this yourself, Lord. Which is why you hope and pray, perhaps, that Utrid will return. If that is the case, Lord, then your prayers have been answered. You know, I think it's a really striking moment when Bayoka sneaks Utrid in, and Utrid has this moment where he's like looking at all of um, Alfred's accounts of his life and he, everything that he's written down about his kingship and all of that. And I think Utrid is kind of struck by this moment, like, I helped do all this. Like, this is my legacy, too, even if Alfred doesn't acknowledge that. Um, Mm. So, yeah, they're, like, setting up this one last big talk between Uhtred and Alfred. And Alfred's, like, creeping in the corner watching Uhtred look at his paintings. And I'm just like... Such a weirdo. I know. Death makes people weird. Um, I guess. (laughs) That's the the lesson of this episode. Death makes people weird. Right. Um, So, but, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so stoked to see that final confrontation between them. I think they have a lot of things they really need to talk about. They need to talk about their feelings. Just talk it out. (laughs) Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time for our next episode, Wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, you go first. Well, I feel like this talk between Alfred and Uhtred has been a long time coming. Like, you know, Mm. they've had a few conversations this season, but they haven't, like, really talked, you know? They've always been driven by anger and suspicion, and there hasn't been that undercurrent of trust that they've had in the past like even though they've you know both betrayed each other and all that like they've always had that feeling where you know i don't know maybe i'm like looking at it with rose-colored glasses now that alfred is dying but i really just i i feel like the season their their relationship is so different so i'm kind of ready for them to really hash things out um you know especially now that alfred is like one foot in the grave like he now he knows more than ever like that he needs utred and or rather like Edward needs Uhtred 
I'm, I'm wondering, like, will he finally give Uhtred the credit that he deserves? You know, probably not. But I'm hoping that at least they can be honest with each other. And, you know, like I said, like, Edward really, really needs Uhtred. And consequently, so does England. So I feel like Alfred sort of begrudgingly recognizes that. So hopefully he'll play nice for the last time. Yeah, it's hard to to look at the relationship now between Uhtred and Alfred and not think of their relationship in season one when they were, especially towards the end when they were working together to kind of forge this, this dream of England. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because he is close to death that I'm thinking of those, those good times, but I, I agree. I think it's time we air out our dirty laundry. We make amends, you know, Alfred's not long for this world and Uhtred is Kind of again, again, you know, he's without any constraints on his time or his loyalty. He's not serving anyone. So it's really the perfect kind of opportunity to make plans for the succession Mm -hmm. and to set up this bond between Edward and Uhtred. And, you know, if Ethelwald were to maybe accidentally ingest some poisoned ale in the meantime, all the better. Right. That's the most you could hope for. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Who was your arsling this week? Episode. Not week. Episode. You know what? Week episode. Time has no meaning anymore. (laughs) It's true. It's all a blur. Um, (laughs) It's a tie for me this episode, I think, because we got a chance to check in on two of our favorite ladies, Hild and Tira. Love them. Um, I know. Hild brought so much sass. Uh, She really kind of took Uhtred to task over his relationship with Skade and his absentee parenting, while Tira kind of took the news of Ragnar's death how he died and and where he is currently residing in Niflheim she took it pretty nobly and you know agreeing to give her blood for the cause telling Bioka to shut his holy mouth when he objected i just i missed these two i missed how much influence they have over Uhtred um and especially since we've been dealing with Skade all season and seeing how she's you know had power over him it's nice to see two women two good women who have some influence like wielding it over him. Yeah, that's that's so important. Uhtred, I one thing one thing that I like the most about Uhtred is how willing he is to have women influence his life. Um because mm. like as you can see from other men on the show, that's super rare back then, super rare now, but especially rare back then. Um so yeah, yeah it's it's so good to see both of them. Um, my arse thing of the episode is Baby Monk. Um, as happy yes. as happy as I was to see Hild and Tira again, like he, you know, he was truly worried that Skade had kind of gotten her hooks into Uhtred for good. And, you know, because he loved was loved Gisela and was so loyal to her, you know, he didn't he wasn't able to just let that stand. Like he, you know, he was gonna really I mean, I'm curious to see like what he would have done if Uhtred really was into Skade, but luckily mm. Uhtred was Thank God we'll right. never know. We'll never know because <laughs> Uhtred is also loyal to Gisela. So, you know, Osfer's worried those were for not, but I don't know. I just, I really loved his conversation with Uhtred by the fire. So, plus any friend that makes you dinner after you kill the witch that cursed you is someone that you want to keep around. That's a true friend. <laughs> it's a true bro. It's true. 
All right, guys, get ready to shame down the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane, anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, who were you not feeling okay, this episode? Even though I like to watch her on screen, I'm going with Aleswith this time. <laughs> like, she's so blinded by her hatred of like anyone who is different from her that she can't see that Uhtred is so essential to Edward's success, or honestly, survival is king. Um, you know, Alfred is dying, and she still can't see that Uhtred is important. So, you know, we all have our biases, but get over it, Elswith. Like, you're... Te- Recognize your bias exactly, and overcome it. Exactly. Your tear-filled entreaties to God over whether or not having Uhtred around will tarnish your son are just... It's too much. Dial it back. I, I would, like to put forth that maybe her son has already tarnished himself. Maybe. By, maybe. Know, impregnating a, this woman. Right, knocking a, <laughs> up a woman and then abandoning her and his children. I think that's the worst look for uh, Edward, honestly. Yeah. So. Um, Aleswith is a lot. Totally agree. I think for me, this episode, Athelwald was my number one turd. Fair. Must be a worrying time for you, father. What becomes of the king's advisor when the king is no more? I too am prepared. But I have no influence. Does not concern me. No protection. I have God. He is all I need. And you have a wife, Father. The dude has clearly learned no lessons, and he's content with kind of using his one good eye to mm. stroll around around Winchester hunting for Uhtred. I mean, there's just so much hypocrisy in that. So I think, you know, Athelwald is clearly kind of still shooting his shot for that throne, which I expected. But every breath he takes reminds me why Alfred should have you know, removed him a long time ago. Yeah. Like, like I get that he loves his brother, but, like, Athelwald is a threat to his son. So, mm. bigger picture, Alfred. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. <laughs> Would you uh, like to okay. start us off? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it feels a bit icky, I think, to name, like, Uhtred's sexy times turned murder times with Skade as, like, thirsty. But if we ignore the drowning bits, I have to admit, I really enjoyed seeing Uhtred's biceps kind of glisten in that English sun. Listen, it, I appreciate it broad back as much as anyone, but I just, like, I can't get past the murder part. Like, he did what he had uh, to do. I get it. But, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I'm a visual person, so I think I can block out, you know, the pushing the woman underwater and just waiting for her to die force to drain. (laughs) You know, I get Um, it. If it means like some healthy muscle and Mm. yeah. I, yeah, I you know, I almost feel like we should have retired this section for season three because <laughs> it's just so been like, uh, I mean, they're all beautiful. So, but yeah, but yeah, not a lot of thirst, but I was delighted by Citrus' excitement to finally see his wife. So, you know, you know what? emotionally <laughs> thirsty. That's where it left me. <laughs> Thank God that all of these people on the show are beautiful because right. <laughs> there is nothing happening for me thirst wise this season. I mean, that's not why we're here. but Obviously like, not. But it's a, you know. It would be nice. It would be it'd nice. Be, <laughs> uh. <laughs> like a little gift. Right. I mean, come on. 
All right, guys. I think it's safe to say that we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. And Alyssa, I'm super excited about yours. Yeah. Um, have you watched them yet? <laughs> I have not. Okay. I'm like saving it for like, you know, when I really, I'm in the middle of a move. So once I'm done, that's like my reward. Great. That's smart. I, my Geek Out is for the new holiday episodes of The Great British Bake Off. Um, <gasps> great British Bake Off plus Christmas equals a great time. Perfect. Um, I love these holiday episodes because they bring back like fan favorites and they have brought back some really good ones in this batch. Like Steven is back. Tamal is back. Um, Val is back. It's just, it's all, it's so good. I just, I love the show. I love seeing faves. They're so wonderful. I just, you can't not be in a good mood when you're watching Great British Bake Off. And especially, it is the best. And especially when it's Christmas themed. So, you know, Noah's wearing a crazy shirt. You know, Sandy is like, you know, ready to talk about being Danish, which is basically being Santa Claus. Prue's got her, (laughs) you know, statement necklace, holiday themed. And Paul's there. And some of her alcohol. Right. Yeah. Paul's there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm there for for the ugly sweat. And just watching Prue kind of drink under the table. Yeah, I love it. So good. Okay, so my geek out is this new show coming to HBO. I think next, early next year, um, Avenue Five. It is a space comedy. Alyssa, did you get to watch the trailer? I didn't. I forgot. I'll watch oh it as soon Do as we're today. done. I'll watch it as soon okay. as we're done. I yep, you mentioned it to me and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I closed my computer and I didn't go online again. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it's a it's a space comedy uh from the uh creators of Veep. Genius. So it's gonna be fucking hilarious. Um I'm pretty sure that JJ Abrams is producing. Okay. Um so it should look cool. It's space, and so JJ Abrams Abrams should probably gotta be have there. JJ Abrams, right. yeah. Um and it's it's basically about uh it's set in the future. It's about the spaceship captain of a kind of luxury cruise liner. So you don't take cruises to the Bahamas anymore, you take them through space. Mm. And um Hugh Laurie plays the the captain of the spaceship and um some things go wrong on the journey and it just looks so hilarious i mean just uh, hugh laurie space comedy i don't know what else i need that's to all say. you need to know like that i mean that's a murderer's that row of talent and th- with that yeah. concept like that is it's a must watch like i think a lot of people were worried about like whether they should keep hbo now that game of thrones is done but all mm. of the content that hbo has been pushing out like yeah, you should definitely keep your HBO account because, like, they're still making great stuff. I honestly, I almost feel like the end of Game of Thrones has freed HBO a little bit. Yeah. And that it's not beholden to this one property. I mean, we're, we're still getting some some prequel stuff with Game of Thrones, which is nice. But, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I mean, HBO has always been, it's always had quality shows. So now that it's got a little bit of freedom, it's not putting as much money towards this one show. Right. I think it's yeah, it's time to experiment a little. And if you're going to give me Hugh Laurie in a space comedy, in a captain's outfit in a space comedy, like I'm down. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'll give you my money. Right. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. <laughs>